We're going to um, hop right into it. Welcome back to another episode of the Bench Mob Podcast. We have here today, very well known throughout Jersey, tri-state area, probably even deeper than that, but we have Dion Mingo on with us today. Shooter, player, coach, trainer, successful at all aspects of basketball. We appreciate you hopping on today with us. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. I appreciate the kind words, man. I just, uh, you know, Greg reached out, told me it was a good opportunity to uh, sit down and chat with you guys, you know, and I really appreciate you guys having me on. That ID. That ID. (laughs) Um, How has COVID been for you, um, for your family and in regarding with sports, like I know everything has pretty much had to been put on hold or practices are different. How has COVID affected your life as a coach, as a trainer, and has it affected you and your family anyway? Well, as far as the whole COVID thing, man, it's just, you know, we're living in a different time in a different space and we just gotta be uh, obedient to what, you know, the, the higher ups are saying to do are telling us to do but you know some people are having trouble with that <laughs> and um as far as for me my family is good you know I had lost a loved one my aunt my uncle my uncle rather I'm sorry my aunt recovered from it and uh knowing a, I know a couple people who lost some family members as well as well but um for the most part man I just you know go to work come home try to you know be as responsible as possible because I have I have a daughter. I have three kids, actually. You know, Deion Jr., Joshua, and my my uh, my youngest kid was a girl, uh, Lauren. So you got to be mindful in that aspect when you're doing certain things, going certain places, uh, engaging with people or whatnot. Some people don't care. It is what it is. You can't, you know, force people to wear a mask or whatnot. You know, I I know it's annoying, but you've got to do what you got to do to uh to feel safe and protected and. You know, if you're doing the right thing, you're showing, you know, remember, we live in a copycat world. If somebody sees somebody not wearing a mask, oh, I think it's okay not to wear a mask until something happens. Then it's like, oh, yeah. man, this is crazy. But as far as, you know, just staying safe, luckily, I hope it continues to stay the way it is. Nobody in my immediate family, you know, has, has been exposed to COVID. So we're just trying to keep it that way. As far as basketball... I mean, I want to get out there and coach. I did some coaching this uh, this summer, and it was like you, you realize how much you miss the game and the little nuances of something as minute as being in the gym, you know, working a kid out. All that was taken away from us this past summer. And, you know, I hooked up with Wellington, Wellington Smith, you know, founder of uh, – Unity Legend, and that's how I was turned on to Greg also. And me and him was able to do some work, some shooting work for the community, and uh, whether it was in Summit, Madison, Chatham, we were able to do a league. And that was satisfying, and you realize how much you miss the game, man. You know, you miss the game so much. So I'm eager to get back to coaching my high school team at Nork Academy, but at the same token, I'm not willing to do it at the expense of any individual, a kid, a parent, or whatever the case is, they feel as though they need to shut it down. Shut it down. You know, 
you, you want to be able to live to see another day. So with that being said, I miss it, you know, wholeheartedly. But uh, doing the little trainings and working with, you know, younger kids and working with, you know, the high school team, you just get to – the, the interaction, that's what I miss. You know, the, you know, the yelling and cursing because, you know, that's what I do sometimes. <laughs> but uh, to get your point across. But you, you miss it. You know, you just miss yeah. it. I just hope everything works out. We got a date set for January 11th. That's going to be our first practice. Hopefully it works out, you know. But other than that, I've been fine, man. I'm trying to be responsible as possible. Oh man, I I I feel that because I got that itch to play all the time. I be I text you all the time like I'm trying to get out there and who yeah. like just and be and be safe, right? But like just find a way to get back out there and scratch that itch because it's it's bad, mm-hmm. bro. It's bad. I've been trying. I, I was shooting around on like an empty tennis court yesterday, like. <laughs> You're just trying to find it anyway. It's freezing in there. You're just trying to figure it out. Like you're just trying to figure out ways to get around the game again because it's it's been too long. But you know, again, not you're right. Not the expense of like you know family members being safe. I actually lost a family, my grandfather to COVID, um, and I actually we all had to run in the house with COVID too. Like in the family, like when it first started, you know, before we even realized what it was, we we really we had a run in with it. So. You know, it, it's it's serious, but you know, you you made a good you uh got, gave me a good segue there. You mentioned uh, you guys starting on the 11th and having practice and everything like that, man. Like, you know, what are you excited about for your team this year? I know New Academy, you over here rebuilding the program, right? Yes. That's a huge accomplishment to even get them off the ground, right? They had they've had some good players in the past, right? Yeah. People sleep on New Academy. Like, what um what are you excited about? What players are you excited about this year? You know, I know you got Chase and. You know, he's a he's a good young player and, you know, you, he's, you're bringing him along, mentoring him along. So mm-hmm. what are you looking forward to this year with this team? Well, with, this is, is going to be my third year as the head coach at Nork Academy. And I was lucky to land this position, you know, just to give you a little background on me and how the coaching thing started and things of that nature. Um, I spent five years at uh, I spent a year at Bloomfield College where I played for uh, four years. And then after that, I became a grad assistant there. And then for some reason, I was like, you know what? I like college. I want to coach college, but I really want to get down to the the bottom, which is the high school level working with kids. So I went to a school called Dwight Englewood in Englewood, New Jersey, small private school, not big for sports or anything like that, mainly on the academic arena. They're, they're really well known. So I stayed there for seven, for five years. And when I got that job, you know, now, now being from East Orange, everybody from East Orange, like, well, you should come back and coach, you know, your old high school, you know, try to be, you know, in the community or whatever. I knew I could always go back to that, you know what I'm saying? But I wanted to venture out and see, you know, what it's like being in an Inglewood coaching with not that much talent or you don't have players that's really, really good. So when I, when I went up there, I went up there as an assistant with a guy by the name of Eli Goldberger who's my mentor. And uh, when he took the, he took the, the way that I got that job is crazy because Bloomfield College played in a tournament in Boston and we played against a team called Bentley University. And Eli's really good friends with the head coach at Bentley, Jay Lawson. And, you know, I, I just put my resume out there and I get a call from Dwight Inglewood. And I'm like, Dwight Inglewood, where's this at? Long story short, Eli was the, he moved from Boston down to Jersey, took the athletic director job and the head coaching job at Dwight Englewood and was like, can you come in for an interview? So I'm like, I guess. So I went on the interview and he was like, you know, I know you, right? I'm like, how? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he was like, 
Yeah, you know, I watched you play it against uh, Bentley. You know, you had a good game that game. I mean, we lost. I think I had maybe like 15, 60 points or whatever the case is. And he was like, yeah, you know, I just moved down from Boston. I'm looking to rebuild the program. Do you want to be a part of it? Of course, the team was 1-22. And, and I'm like, I'm not about to be a part of this, man. Like, you ain't got no players here. All these kids play two sports, lacrosse, this, that. I'm not doing this. So talked to some other people and they was like, yo, it's a good opportunity for you to actually coach and actually teach, you know? So I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to do it. Did it. You know, I was the assistant. I'm learning the coaching game from Eli, how to deal with kids, how to prepare a practice, how to, you know, motivate, you know, just different things, the stuff that you don't see, man. And that, that's what prepared me to be a head coach and dealing with the parents. Cause a lot of people are always like, well, how do you deal with the parents? You know, I learned five years prior to being the head coach at, um, at Dwight, being the assistant coach at Dwight Englewood, I was watching him. He's teaching me. I'm sitting in meetings with him and parents who's complaining like, well, my son isn't playing. Well, your son isn't playing cause he hasn't come to no summer workouts and it's September and we get ready to play in the fall league and he still hasn't played. But there's kids that's been here since the spring. He been, they've been playing in the spring. They've been playing in the summer. They've been playing in the fall. How am I going to play a kid? How can you justify that to me? So that's how I learned how to deal with, with the parents and things of that nature. Uh, fast forward a little bit. We go on. We won multiple conference championships. Got to the, <laughs> the Bergen County Jamboree quarterfinals. Played against, we played against Gary Nova. Gary Nova was the point guard. He was a, he's a, he was a quarterback at Rutgers. And they had this other, they had a kid, uh, Leonte Carew. He was the power forward. These were all football players at Don Bosco. And we're playing against them in the quarterfinals. And we're, you know, we're right there. We could pull it off, but it didn't happen. You know, we won multiple, we had multiple 20 game seasons, 22 and five, 25 and two, you know, and now people are like, yo, oh, oh, they, they nice. But you didn't see the backlog, the back work, you know, whereas one, so we went, when we took over there, one and 22, then we go 13 and 13, then we go 15 and 13, then we go 20 and some, something else, 21, 22. And then, you know, you realize like the best, the, the best attribute you can get is, the best satisfaction you can get as a coach is teaching kids how to play even though you know they're not going to play in college, but they're going to, they're, they're giving you everything they got, but they look like basketball players out there and they listen, they listen to everything you say. So that was a, that was a big part in my whole coaching, you know, evol evolving into the coaching realm or whatever, or, or whatnot. And uh, had a kid there by the name of um, Wesley Dickinson played, scored 2000 points, grabbed 2000 rebounds, played at Dartmouth. We had, uh, this is going to be, this is crazy. We had Ty Jerome that played for uh, Virginia. Verified bucket. We had Jalen Carey. Oh. He transferred from us and went to Immaculate. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we had a bunch of guys because uh, Dwight Engel was in Englewood, New Jersey, which is close to New York. The bridge is right there. So you could get, you could pull a kid from New York, bust him over, and 
you know, it, it all works out or whatever the case is. You know what I mean? So I did that for five years. It was good. After that, I moved on to North 13th Street Tech, which is a small vocational school in, uh, in North New Jersey. And that's when I first became a head coach. It was, uh, it was really, really an experience. You know, I had a ton of talent. My first year, I won 20 games. We go 20 and seven. Everybody thinks I'm reinventing the wheel. I'm like, I'm not reinventing anything. I just got some kids that can play. That's it. And I'm smart enough to know, like, I'm not going to be running this and doing this and doing that. It's just, yo, two, three, use our limb. Everybody can shoot. And we're going to ride this thing out. You know, we wound up winning 20 games, got to the quarterfinals at the, uh, at the Essex County Tournament. Uh got to the quarterfinals of the state tournament for group three. And then the following year, I'm coming off a 21 season. Everybody loves you. It's all love. You, you, you get in, you know, praises and accolades and this and that, and you win the division, coach of the conference, all this nonsense, man. Good, feeling good. Two of the best kids that I had on the team, transfer to St. Anthony's end of August. So now I'm like, I'm like, I've been here before. Like, I, I can I, I can coach. I'm going to work something out, you know. And with them two leaving, now they left because diff- many, you know, I know why they left, but, you know, the whole AAU thing, people in their air, things of that nature, blah, 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 whatever, they left. Me being a young coach, I'm, you know, a little frustrated. I'm a little pissed off. Like, you know, how can you do this? Da, 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 da. But that's when you realize people just, people, parents they will do what's best for them for their child and I get it you know like some people say there's no loyalty in in the basketball community you know to a certain extent you know so you got what I do is if a kid want to leave I go ahead do your thing see how it is over there maybe you like it maybe you don't but you know what the grass is not it's not always green it can be brown sometimes you know what I'm saying so you have to deal with that so the following year when they left, we come back. <laughs> I win. I go from winning 20 games to winning two games. So now everybody is questioning. He don't know what he's doing. He don't know what's going on. How y'all lose that game? And, I'm, you know, I'm still young. I'm like, you know, 20, 29, whatever the case is. I'm like, yo, I lost my two best players, man. You know, and you always, as a young coach, you always want to defend your players and you always want to get people to see what you're saying. But as you get older, you realize, like, it doesn't matter. You know what's going on. You know, those kids left. And me me having that two-win season, that's what led to me being the head coach at North Academy. Now you might say, how does that lead to that? You won two games. Well, two of the games that we – one of the games that we won was against North Academy (laughs) that year. So we're playing in the uh, we're playing in the county tournament. I don't know how we play, I don't know how we made the county tournament. We won one game so far. So we get to the county tournament, and we're uh, they're like, "Oh, you guys got Nork Academy." I'm like, "All right, whatever." Played Nork Academy, beat them, beat them. So we finish up with the, with the two wins or whatever the case is. So I see the Nork Academy job open up, and I'm like. So everybody's like, yo, you should apply for that. You should apply for that. 
it's like, well, you got the background, you know how to deal with the parents, you know how the, uh, the private school sector work, things of that nature. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do it. So I did it. And when I interviewed with the, uh, the AD, you know, he was like, look, you know, I, we know you guys only won one game. And when you guys beat us, they were looking at everything else other than basketball, how I dealt with the kids, how the kids were, their decorum on the bench, how am I coaching, things like that, motive, constantly motivating, you know, and there's like, that's what we want for our program. You know what I mean? So that's how the whole thing came about with the North Academy. As far as for this season, I mean, Chase Clark is, uh, he's one of the better players in the county. You know, I think he can be one of the better players in the state, you know, if he puts the work in and he's putting the work in daily. Greg can attest to that. Um, he's got bigger, worked on his body, stronger. Great kid. Great, great kid. He's very, very nice. Comes from a good family. Mom is amazing. Great kid. I love everything about him. But there's things that, you know, when me, when I first met him, the work ethic wasn't there. And, you know, we had to, you know, had to bump heads sometimes. Like, if you don't do this, this is what I'm going to do. You know, so there, there were times his freshman year when I, I, I think you could have grabbed that rebound. And he's like, well, I don't think I could have got it. I could I could have I had it. Okay, well, you're going to sit down. And those are the decisions that you got to make, you know, as a, as a coach when you're dealing with a young player where you see his potential and he doesn't see it right away per se. The bench, I tell people all the time, the bench is the best teacher. Just sit him down because nobody wants to be on the bench. You know what I'm saying? So little things like that, you know, we got a freshman that's coming in this year, Brennan Oliver. He's a good player. He's from West Orange. I was lucky to get him. You know, he's really, really good. We got a, a senior senior point, a bunch of seniors coming back. We only lost two guys from last year and uh, got a 15-game season pending. I hope things work out for the sake of, you know, recruiting with Chase and things like that. You know, right now he's getting, you know, recruited by Harvard, uh, Bucknell, Lehigh, you know, the Ivy and a couple of Patriot League schools, you know. And that's due in part because he's a good student too. You know, it's not just the basketball aspect. Great student coming from a real sound academic institution. But uh, that, that's where I think we're at. I think we're going to be fine. And I, I love being at North Academy. You know, I love I love the kids. I love the, the administrations behind me 100%. You know, just, just a good situation. The only This is what I hear at North Academy all the time. Coach Mingo, you need anything? That's it. That's it. You need anything? You need anything? What do you need? Let us know. Shooting gun, Vertimax, swimming pool, weight room, track, strength and conditioning. Everything I need is right there. And when you try to sell this to parents, the first thing they say is, I don't know if I can afford it. Well, you got to fill out the paperwork first. So it's based on financial aid. You know, there's a ton of programs out there where we have collaborations with the middle schools in Newark, where a kid come, a kid can come to our school based on grants and financially and they don't have to pay anything, you know, but, you know, some parents don't know and you try to educate them and teach them certain, you know, give them certain information. You know, the, the big thing with the Academy is, you know, they have a kid that's in the WNBA, Jocelyn Willoughby. She, she's in the WNBA. She played at North Academy and I hear all the time, well, you, you can't do nothing at that school, right? You know, you can't go D1 from there. If you could play, the coach is going fine. You guys know that. It don't matter where you play at. 
You know what I'm saying? If you can play, they're going to find you. If you got grades, they're going to find you. It's all about the work ethic too, man. And I tell kids all the time, it's going to be hard for you to play basketball at a high level if you can't shoot a basketball. Find a way. I don't know how, you know, work on that by yourself. Nothing against people that's doing their thing with the train or whatever the case is. You know, teach them to shoot, man. Teach them to shoot and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll benefit more. So everything you just said right there, literally, it shows your work ethic of from your coaching from a small school that nobody really knew about. Mm -hmm. And instead of as like, yo, I want talent. That's where I think you see a lot of the coaches where we have more respect for them. Like you look at um, teams where it's not as much talent and you're still able to produce. That's where you find out you really coach and you can look from your coaching tree. You are literally the epitome of work ethic. Just put the work in and it'll be a successful follow. You mentioned Bloomfield College. Could it have been any other school possibly besides Bloomfield? Because a lot of kids, you know, they see they coach, they see they trainers, they don't know that they coach and they trainer was a dog. Like yeah. they actually played. Could it have been anywhere else? We talk. We talk about this all the time. That, that, <laughs> that, that, that I that I could have played at, or yeah, like could what could it have been any other school besides Bloomfield? No, well, my my whole thing was this, man. You know, I'm I'm a. I, I was in high school. I was an okay basketball player. All right, I wasn't into AAU. I wasn't into you know big, you know, playing a big role on the basketball team. I was a part of the basketball team. I was a shooter. The coaches know I wasn't scared. I work hard. That's it. You know, junior year, senior, my my senior year, I got a bigger role. And then I started to realize, you know, like, oh, maybe I could play college. I don't know where I'll play at, but, you know, I know I got grades, but I I think I could play. But I always had, what I always had coming up was I had good mentors, good males around me. Carl Wright, George Hall, Kevin Brown. All these guys will always tell me, you're one of the good ones. Don't get caught up with the other kids. Now, they didn't say that to say the other kids were bad it's like because at the end of the day when you walk around in east orange irvington north orange whatever the case is you're gonna have to make some decisions on your own you know you gonna have to make some decisions on your own whether you with you when you with your friends and when you're not with your friends so i always had you know those mentors and those older guys telling me whether it was a teacher or coach telling me yo you got to be careful don't do this because if you do this this could happen and then i had to deal with my grandmother in the house if something something went down and I wasn't willing to deal with that. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't willing to deal with that at all. I mean, I went to I went to Morris County College for a year. And I get up there, it was a grind because my grandmother was like, look, you're not staying here. I don't care about no basketball. You're going to do something. You ain't getting no job. You're going to school. You got your whole life to work. So I'm like, you know, you're fighting. Like, yo, I want to do that. I want to do that. I'm telling her I want to go to Essex County College because it's right down the street. She like, we're not sending you there. I know this much. You're not going there. You're going to go up to Randolph. I'm like, yo, that's a train, a bus. Like, what's up? This is where you're going. All right. Coach was like, the coach was like, Marcus Pryor, never forget him. Great dude. He used to, and, and, and this is where I learned a lot of lessons, man. A lot of sacrifices. And this is what's missing today. Everything is handout. Yo, I do this, I do that. 
Marcus probably lived in Irvington. I lived in East Orange. And he was like, look, you're going to have to take the train up every day. You got an eight o'clock class. We got practice from four to six and I'll bring you back down. All right. I'm like, cool. I'm good. I got a ride. If I miss it, I'll take the train. So I don't know how many times this dude left me when I was a minute late. Five minutes late, left me. Now I got to take the bus up there. But he was trying to teach me something. You know, he is trying to teach me, like, I'm not on your time. I'm taking you up there. You better be on time. So that happened about three, four times. Then I get to talk in the car. If you late again, you're done. I'm not, you're not even on the, you ain't on the team. You just going to go to school and you decide if you want to go to school. So I'm like, you know what? I can't be late no more. Went up there, made it up there, passed all my classes, whatever. After my two years up there, I had like little, I had like little uh, offers. I played in this thing called EKB. I played in EKB and I met, um, I met uh, the Jack Sullivan. He was the head coach at, at Bloomfield College. And he had just got the job. And he was like, look, I need a shooter. You know, I'm, I'm willing to give you a two-year scholarship right now. You know, so I'm like, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> that was the end of my recruiting right there. Beginning and the end, done. <laughs> I wasn't trying to wait to see who was going to offer what. Went. Done. Done. That happened in June. August, I was on campus. Had a great two-year career. Played good. We won. Learned the game. Coach Holmes, you know, he was – uh, so the other thing was the guy that recruited me, Jack Sullivan, became the athletic director at the school that – the junior college that I left. So now the new coach is like, well, I want to keep you. I like you. You can shoot, whatever. We need shooters. I'm not going to let you go, whatever. And of course, you know, in the beginning, you know, I wasn't playing the way I wanted to play because, you know, I'm what, I think I was 19, 20. And I'm like, yo, I should be playing. Y'all recruiting all these kids from South Jersey. I'm better than them, blah, blah, blah. You know, just that ego trip, man. And long story short, you know, at one point I was sitting down. I was like, yo, I think I'm going to transfer to uh, Felicia. <laughs> and, you know, I get to talk from one of the old heads. It's like, are you are you stupid or dumb? Which one? Or, or, or are you both? <laughs> He's like, you're not going nowhere. Just stay here. It's over, bro. You got two years. It's over. You're good. Figure it out. So I stayed there. And we went on. And we, we won our first uh, conference championship for the CACC, whatever, but it was so much fun. Met a lot of people, you know, still, you know, got friends there, whatever the case is. But, but I'm, I'm saying all that to say this, like, I learned at a young age that, you know, and I try to fight it, like, oh, let me see where else I can go. They shut it down quick. And, that, and there's not a lot of that that's going on right now. Mm. Granted, there's a lot of kids that's way more talented than I, than I ever was, well, you know, basketball-wise. But, you, you know, that, that mentorship and, you know, mentorship, just telling kids, yo, you need to do this, you need to do that. And kids don't want to hear that. Some of these kids are, you know, telling the parents what they're going to do. You know, that's, that's the world that we live in. You know, so I had a situation this summer where, you know, one of, you know, Chase was thinking about leaving. Go ahead. Go test the waters. See what you like. See, what you, see how, how you think that's going to go. You know what I'm saying? Because if you leave, what's going to happen is you're just going to be one of many. But if you stay, you're going to be one. You're the one. You're the guy. You know, and I'll do my part as a coach to make sure 
you know, you get your name out there and things of that nature. So it, to answer your question, it was only blown for college and only blown for college. <laughs> I was I saying, no, no Oklahoma, USC, none of that. <laughs> none of that. I couldn't go. I was, I was trying. I couldn't go over to Australia. None of that. It was one and done. That's it. That's it, Mingo. Get out of here. Two years. See you later, bro. Got the degree. I'm out. I'm out. I think something you mentioned that was keto before uh, we get to the next question, the mentorship and having that around you and you also being humble enough to listen because mm. a lot of kids, like you said, they might have that, that good foundation, right people around them. But a, a lot of times nowadays, me and Greg always had this conversation we talk about it. It's kids now at eight, nine years old, already got their highlight tapes. They they got the 2.4 million followers. So the old <laughs> the old head that's telling them like, yo, you you should stay here, working your game, get better, boom, boom. What are you talking about? I got 2.4 million followers. You don't know what you're talking about. And they end up just going their own way. So I think that's something that you mentioned that was key that I, I can see a lot of kids either mm-hmm. don't have or don't listen to the mentorship and the, the wisdom that you can't have wisdom and the, the youth at the same time. So yeah, well, that's key. You, you got to understand Antonio that <laughs> we live in a world of, we live in a society today where it's uh, yo, yo, you wash. I don't want to hear what you're talking about. Mm. This ain't 1995. Mm. That's fine. I'm 39 years old, man. You know, I'm, I, I, I'm so proud of my age. I'm so happy. You know, I'm not 60, but I've seen a lot. I'm old enough to know that when you, if you go to the park to play when I was playing at 15, 16, if you take a bad shot when we got game point, you're done. Don't come back here, bro. Go get your father, too. I, we don't care. You know, but you learned that in the park with the old heads, and it wasn't no debating. It's too much debating now. Everybody got an opinion. Everybody got the, the way they want to do it. You know, which is fine, you know, but, you know, if a kid, if you pull a kid and he, he or she decides to listen, you're lucky. You're very, very lucky. It's rare. It's rare to, to get a, a young, you know, nine, 10 year old, 15, you can forget it. They're gone already. You know, 15, like, look, who are you? What are you talking about? Play that what? Going for college? Is that the bus stop? Get out of here, man. They don't <laughs> want to hear that. Yeah, they're crazy. You know what I'm saying? They're so, crazy now. But I tell kids all the time, you know, some kids I tell them, you can't, you can wear my jersey. <laughs> you know, I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think you could do. You can wear my jersey. You know what I'm saying? And then it's just a different perspective, you know, where, and this, and, and this is going to sound crazy, but it's the absolute truth. And it's more of our, our community where they're like, oh, you don't know what he's talking about. But when you get the, you know, you get a, 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 you know, lack of a better word, you know, a white kid, they're more susceptible to listen to you. Like, okay, all right, I see what you're saying, coach. I got you or whatever. That's the biggest plus that I have at Nork Academy. What I say is like, okay, coach. All right. When I was at North 13th Street, I had to play kids one-on-one. I had an out shooting contest. And then it's like, mm-hmm. oh, coach, know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. So I got to go through all these hoops to tell you like, yo, this is what's gonna happen. Why is that? I don't know. 
you know, but, you know, the, the kids that I'm coaching right now, I got a great group. They listen to everything I say. And I, I'm, you know, I'm 39. I'm still learning. You know, I'm, I got I got great mentors that's always pulling me different ways, telling me different things and how to deal with kids or whatever the case is. But to answer your question, you know, it's, it's tough, man. It's, it's so hard. You know, you got, you know, even with Chase, like, you know, it took him two years to believe anything I was saying to him. You know, and not because uh, he is a bad kid or he don't want to listen. So you got to tap into different things also. This is the biggest uh, distraction with kids. You know what I mean? So I, you, you got to lay it out. All right. Chase has a 50-point game, and I know he's itching to put it on social media or whatever. I say, you better not. You better not. This is not about that. This is not about that right now. This is about you building, building, building towards something. They're good. They know who you are. Just relax. But they want that gratification from strangers, people that you don't know. You know, that like, like button, it's, it's, it's killing us, man. You know, it's killing us. And, you know, I'm still navigating with, you know, I have a 16-year-old son. And he's, he laughs at me sometimes when I'm on Instagram. He'd be like, yo, you don't even know what you're doing, man. I'm like, I know. I need for you to show me right now. Just come here real quick. You know, because there's certain things you got you to gotta learn or whatever the case is. But like I said, to answer your question, it's just if you get a kid right now and you, he or she listens to you, you're lucky. But it's, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. It's too many people, trainers, coaches, runners, my boy. Uh, my man, oh, you know, all that stuff, whatever. Everybody has their own agenda. My agenda is like, I just want to coach. And don't get me wrong. I see, you know, Roselle Catholics, Hudson Catholic. All these schools are in my division for the state tournament. We knock one of them off in any capacity. Biggest win in North Academy history. You know, but I don't get the caliber of players they get. Why don't you get the caliber of players they get? People ask me all the time, well, can we, can you get him? I mean, I, I can try because one thing I know with North Academy, they don't bend on the academics and the entrance. They're not going to jeopardize their academic, uh, you know, relationship just to get an athlete in. You know, they're not going to do that, you know, and I had to be okay with that when I became the coach, you know, and I'm not, I'm smart enough to say to, I was smart enough to say to them, like, I'm not going to be knocking on your door like, yo, I need to get this 6'10 African in, man. Come on. No, 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 no. This is not about that. This is about kids like Chase, kids like Brennan in our community, giving them an opportunity to go to a great school and play sports. If you happen to be a Division One player, you're going to be a Division One player. It don't matter where you at. Yes, I, they, they want to play more games, that's in a bigger uh, stage or whatever the case is. But you know what? I'm, I, I'm not the commissioner of the SEC for our scheduling. I got to play who they put in front of me. If I could pick up a couple of independent games, I will. You know? So, and, and what happens with that is like you pick up a couple of independent games, North Academy against Linden, smack. Now, this is why I, do, this is why I was telling y'all that we're not ready to play them. You know, and then they realize, oh, I see what you're talking about. So, a lot of the... Uh, a lot of these kids, they learn by baptism by fire. Now, I was, I was going to say that because I had a similar situation arise last year. If Wellington might listen to this podcast, 
mm-hmm. I was uh we had this kid named X who was kept trying me at practice. Like whatever I said, it was almost like he could want to hear it. And we got we got to play and played a two on two, and he was guarding me, and I put twelve on his head straight, and it was just <laughs> like okay, like and I didn't do this. I didn't do this at the collegiate level. I'm not I'm not a Dion Mingo. I'm just a dude who plays basketball and loves basketball. So what does right. that tell you, right? Like what is that? So like. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot to that about this generation and these kids um, just having to learn baptism by fire. But you said something that went in your when you were talking, and we talked about this before. You mentioned the social media piece of this, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I was a question I specifically wanted to ask you because I think it's one of the most important things you ever said that, and there was no cameras around, no one was around, it was just me. And I think Ruben was here or was there when we talked about that. But um, you know, what do you think the negative effects of, that social media is having, like, directly on the game, right? Because when you think about your journey coming up playing basketball, there were no cameras around. There was no social media. You went to the park. You worked out. You took a 1,000 shots a day, however, X amount of shots a day. You put in that work, right? And that's what it mm-hmm. was, as opposed to now where if I'm, going to the, if I'm going to the court and I'm 10 years old, I got to post this on social media. And I got to have my guy recording me. They got to see me shooting. They got to know that I'm here. And meanwhile, right. what gets diluted in that, right? And not to answer the question for you, but just my take, right? Is that is that the actual work? Like the actual work? Yeah. Like what are you doing? What are you like this? You taking videos and having your boy pull up to record you working out is taken away from you actually getting some substance in work, some stuff, some substance in your workout, right? Yeah. So, you know, what do you think about that? Like how do you think that's affecting it? Because we see it all the time. We, I mean, we see it all the time in, in every program. I don't care where you're at, but like, yeah. what do you think? Me personally, I think social media is uh, the, the gift and the curse. You know, I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's the, the greatest thing ever. You know, we're, we're evolving as a as a world, so technology is big, and social media is used for recruiting purposes. Also, coaches will be like, "Well, let me see his Instagram." Might have an Instagram highlight, which is fine. You know, so I tell kids like that can set you up for failure, also, because I have seen a ton of kids' workouts look amazing. Amazing. Oh, he looks, he could do this, he could do that, he could do that. But when you play five on five or three on three or two on two and there's no camera around, nobody sees that. Right? Not, Not only that, not only that, you're showing me all the positives on your social media. You're not showing me. I mean, nobody's going to put anything bad on social media, but, like, I take it with a grain of salt, put it like that. I, I don't read too much into it, you know what I mean? I like, like, I'm, I'm, I'm old school, but I understand that we're moving into a new direction with the world, just technology the way it is. My practices are old school practices. It's like, look, black socks, black shorts, and your jersey. If you want, and, and you know, and this is, goes back to when I first took over my program. This is what this is what I want. If you walk in there with anybody with white socks, we're 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 on the wall. We're running. We do this because you got to be able to remember the small thing. Yo, black socks. Oh, by the way, did any of your teammates see you walk out the locker room with that? So huh. year three now at North Academy, I don't got to worry about that. They know. So I'm building a culture. You know what I'm saying? So, and I, and I explained to Chase. You know, like look. Social media isn't bad. He's like, because he said to me, Coach, how come you don't want me to put nothing on social media? I never said I don't want you to put nothing on social media. Just know that when you put stuff on social media, you got to live up to it. (laughs) You have to live up to it. So 
if a kid, so and this is what happens. Your peers watch it, right? Your peers watch it, and they say, oh, he's nice. He's really, really good. And then they see you playing a the game. They be like, yo, well, why he's not doing all the stuff that he was doing on his social media? Because that's not real. That's not reality. You know what I mean? So to answer your question, Greg, I, it's, it's, it's good and it's bad. You know, I think it's, um, it's helping a lot of kids getting their product out there or their whatever the case is. But just know there can be some backlash with it also. It can hurt you. You know, so just know that you have to live up to it. That's all I'm saying. Hey, man, that's, that's somebody that's we had. Too. Yeah, somebody we had on the show earlier, uh, Bruce Thompson. He trains with Odell and runs routes and all of that. He yeah. was saying his perspective when it comes to the social media is like, yo, either you go on stunt or get stunted on. If there you you're go. putting these stunts, you have no choice. Like he was like, he uses that motivation. Like, if I put this up, I know I have to perform. To live up when to it. it. Comes to because I'm putting all these highlights up, I'm doing all these things, and then when it comes to actual showtime, and it's no mm. camera around, it's it's not the one-on-one drills with the cones, and and it's time to put it into the game. Like you said, it could especially with kids, which they don't factor in the mental aspect. How do you now take that as a player where everybody's like, "Yo, you suck. What were you, why are you not doing this? Now you out of your game right. mentally. You second guessing and all this if you want to post it like you said hey go for it post it perfect, perfect example. now you have to you perfect, have to live i'm saying a perfect example is um ben simmons the ben simmons go is is in the league right number one pick he's right. very good player very successful but can't take a jump shot for the life of him he has has an issue like i we don't know what it is right and and well, we know what it is now. Like he, the pressure of like where the videos are out, the videos circulating. You got all this hype around you since you were 13. You get to the NBA now. There's the thousands of fans watching you. And he's he used to fanfare, right? He's he's a big time player. player he gets right. the league. He, he can't take open shots. Doesn't take them. This just doesn't take them at all. Like like the like the second baseman who can't throw at the first base anymore. Just does not shoot the ball. And in, in high school he could do it relatively well. In college he was okay at it too. So he gets to the NBA. The pressure at, at mounts. It adds up. And now all of a sudden he can't do it anymore. He just doesn't. He just doesn't. He's in his head. He goes to a sports psychiatrist. He's seeing sports like it's reported that he goes to a sports psychiatrist and he's getting that checked out because it's, it's a mental thing. It's a mental hurdle for him. And so I I think about that all the time because I'm like on a much larger scale. That's what this is, right? Like that's what this can get to. You got to. You're expected to perform. There's all this pressure put on you because this video is circulating. You're doing all these amazing things, and the second you don't, do you sucks and the, you know all that stuff's coming <laughs> raining down on you, and and now you you're out of your you're out of your element, right? You you're just all messed up mentally. So I think about that all the time, and after that conversation, I really thought hard about him. I'm like, he should be so much better than he is, right? Like I just think he should, and. Yeah. and it's just that mental hurdle over because of the pressure that social media and the media in general can put on you, right? When you put stuff out there. and it's not all his fault, like, you know, cause he's a big time player, but he's still, you know, he, he's still putting that stuff out there too. And so it's tough. You got to live up to it. I don't think it's, it's something enough young people realize when they put stuff on social media. Crazy, man. Tell Crazy. Them. Like you said, it's the, it's the like button. And a lot of times it's from strangers It's for some reason, and I can speak to it. I've been guilty of it. For some reason, the people that's right in your circle that actually know you, it for some reason, sometimes it just isn't enough. Right, that's not enough. Per- 
you meet the person from Oklahoma that you're never going to meet or that lives in Indonesia to like your post for it to go up to 3,000 likes for you to be like, all right, I'm doing something now. Um, I think it's something that as a culture, we, we have to work on that um, with how we view social media yeah. and how we look for, for affirmation. Something you mentioned, um, shooting, how shooting is so important. What are like some, what are the three main things that you think are needed for a shooter to be successful? Well, the first, the first thing I, you know, I'm just going to use myself as, a, as an example is uh, the confidence, confidence level got to be at an all time high every single time, whether you miss or make a shot and you got to be, you got to have tough skin, you know, and you just got to be able to, you know, just know that I'm going to make the next shot. I'm going to make the next shot. And the last, the last thing for me, man, is like working out by yourself as a shooter that I tell people that all the time, you want to become a better shooter, work out by yourself. There's a drill called a Superman drill, get a basketball. You don't need nobody to rebound for you. Take the basketball, shoot it from the foul line. If you make it from the foul line, whether you shoot it, go get your rebound, go to a next spot within the three-point line. You have to make 50 shots, and then you got to make 53s. You will become a better shooter because <laughs> now the mental aspect and the mental hurdle is like, I'm in there by myself. I got to go get this. I got to get this done. So confidence, work ethic, and just, you know, working out on your own, just doing it, doing it on your own. You know, it's great now that we have um, the shooting gun. It's great, you know, but I don't even use the shooting gun sometimes at North Academy. You know, I tell a guy, we got two guys shooting. When you shoot and the other guy run to a spot, get the rebound, get it to him. So now you're getting conditioning and you're getting shooting and you're working on the mental aspect of the game. This is what's missing a lot with, with a lot of these kids. When things don't go right, they break down. The better players today, their mental is so much higher to sustain bad stretches, you know, when things are not going their way, so on and so forth. So I, I really, my, my biggest thing is the mental aspect of the game. Yes, shooting is great. It's needing, it's needed, but you got to be mentally strong. You got to be mentally strong. And if you mix that with being a good shooter, you're great. You're good. Dribbling is, a, is important, but, you look at a guy like Clay Thompson, doesn't really need to dribble. Mm -hmm. You know, Curry dribbles because he's playing point guard. You know, I tell, I tell a lot of people, I ask a lot of kids, I said, do you know the, do you know the rules of the game of how the game started? No idea what I'm talking about. When the game first started, when basketball first started with, with James Naismith, you weren't allowed to dribble. You had to pass. You had to pass. And then somewhere along the lines at the YMCA, people were like, it's too boring. You know, can we at least institute two dribbles? This is, this is not me talking. This is all facts. You can look it up, Google, whatever the case is. And he said, you know what? I'm going to allow two, two, three dribbles. But he didn't like it because it was taken away from the skill of the game, which is, the passing. So 
The kids liked it. So you know what he did to appease the kids? Unlimited dribbles. <laughs> Biggest mistake he ever made. I just want to tell him, why did you do this? Why? <laughs> but he did it. Why did you say unlimited? So, you know, it was all passing and skill and things of that nature and being able to shoot and the dribble, the dribble. You wasn't even, I tell kids, you wasn't even allowed to dribble. And the biggest part that, of our game that's lacking today from the, at the youth level is passing. Mm. Kids can't Facts. pass. Facts. Kids cannot pass. That's not saying that it's so the kids' right. fault. Is like, I've, and this is crazy. When I was at Dwight Englewood and I first got into coaching, Eli will always start practice off with these passing drills. I'm like, what, what are we doing here? And he was like, these guys can't pass. So I'm, I'm like a version of him now. When I, Because I, when I'm watching the game, I'm looking at this, the little thing. Is he throwing it to the outside hand? Mm. Some guys just throw it right to the guy like, yo, you got to throw it away from the defender. You know, so the shooting and the passing is essential. That's what's going to get you over the hump. Dribbling is good. You need to, you know, I, I couldn't dribble the basketball to save my life playing college basketball. And I was able to play college basketball. So I don't want to hear, yo, I got to be able to work on my handle. No, 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 no. You bring it up, turn a little bit, pass to another guy. You're done. That's it. That's it. I'm not, I'm not the point guard. That's the point guard job. You know, and the, 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 the other part for me was I understood my role. I understood my role. You're a shooter. You're a shooter. I remember when I was in... I think it was eighth or ninth grade, Kev Brown came into me. And, you know, this is when I started seeing all these and one stuff. And he's like, what you doing? I'm like, I'm, he's like, stop dribbling and just go shoot, man. You're never going to be handling the ball. And I'm like, <laughs> all right. So Kev is an older guy now. He's about, you know, he might be in his late 60s. So he comes to all my practices and sits with me and sits all of my games at Norfolk. Since I've been a head coach, he's been in all my games. So he will pull me to the side sometimes be like, man, you got to do this. You got to do that. You need, you need to take it easy. You ride and chase a little bit too much. So I got those type of people in my corner who is telling me, like, relax. Da-da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da-da. You know, where, you know, and this is a guy who's known me since I was a young, young boy, you know, eight, nine years old. And now I'm coaching and he's, you know, I always, and I feel so good to get, you know, questions answered by guys like that, man. Like, look, this is what we need to do, and blah, 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 blah. You know, so the, the shooting aspect is important. The passing is important. And the mental game, man. And another thing that's, you know, lacking today, a lot of kids are not in shape. It's crazy. It's just crazy. It's crazy, 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 crazy. How can you want to play? And you're not you you so now so now if you're not in shape, that means you're gonna get fatigued. Once you get fatigued, your mental drops. So now you can't deal with me yelling at you. The referee gave you a bad call. You're not making any shots. Your teammates mad at you. How are you gonna be mentally strong to deal with all those hurdles? Not saying that because you're not in shape, but you gotta be in some type of shape, man. You know, a lot of kids are not in shape. I've had more kids, coach, can't get a break. Yo, you're 14. 
I don't think I ever asked to come out of a basketball game, man, playing as a young kid. You know, but but we live in a different time. You got to be more susceptible to some of these kids' feelings and things like that. So I'm learning. I'm learning how to deal, navigate, you know, the new coaching world. That's what I call it. Mm. Uh, the NWC. The NWC. <laughs> you know, it's, it's new. It's just new. Everything is new. You got to watch what you say. You know, and I, I just want to touch on this a little bit. You know, I've learned a lot when with, with how to, uh, when it comes to the motivation aspect of dealing with kids, whether it's a, a, a young kid, a old, a 17 year old, or whatever the case is. You know, today in our society, talking gets to them more easier opposed to yelling. Now, with that being said, there's some kids on your team who you can just dream them out. They'll take it on the chin and be like, all right, coach, I got you. And then there's some kid, if you look at them like you're going to say something, they go right in the tank. That's something that I had to learn. Um, and, I've, you know, it was like, well, this is how you deal with that. Like, for example, like Chase. You know, I could pull Chase to the side and I could stand right in his face and I'd say, if you don't box out and you don't do this, and he'll look at me and be like, all right, I got you. That's it. But then there's another kid, like Alex, I got him on my team. I'm like, you know, if I really think you could have grabbed that rebound, man. Let's let's try to get in there next time. All right, coach, I got you. That's different. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's where we at in society. But when I played, it was like, if you don't grab that rebound, <laughs> you you never playing again. And he and it was some choice words that was being used also. You know. Oh, so. for sure. It's a it's a different era, but that goes into being a good coach though, because you gotta be right. able to a lot of people don't realize coaching a lot of times also is managing personalities. Mm-hmm. How do I talk? What can I say to this person to motivate them? I know this person likes food. Maybe do I mention hot dogs and they play better? Like right. you gotta always be psychology and who's what it and like so you mentioned that's so true, being in shape. I made, literally, I made an ABA team just off the strength. They told me, oh, you just didn't get tired doing the, the trial. Not, I, not, not with talent. I believe you. Not with Crazy. It was like, yo, it was people getting Charlie horses, people asking to get paused out. Hey, oh, man, I need to throw up. Yo, you just was in shape. And I'm like, all right, cool. Just just off that strength. Right. Didn't even play well. You ain't get you didn't get tired, it seemed like. So we invite you to training camp. And a lot of kids don't even realize how much people aren't in shape and you being in shape alone. Get you over the hurdle. You you can go for 45 and be good still. That other person that yeah, I go into overtime, you already know I got the advantage. He don't work out. He not in shape crazy man different time different time you know i'm learning so much daily but you know and then i have a teenager that's 16 i have a 13 year old i have a five-year-old so i'm getting all the whole spectrum i'm getting the whole i got one kid who thinks he knows everything and then i got one kid who thinks i know everything and then i got a, a, a baby girl who just thinks it's la la land, and right. it's not, you know. <laughs> no, I, I I've always interested to hear about the about the way you broke out, broke down the three most important things for players because yeah, for me for me my whole life it was always three pillars of basketball was always shooting, passing, 
ball handling. The mm-hmm. more, I, but the more I hear you talk about it, and I we've talked about this before. It's not the first time we had this conversation. The more I, I love, the more I hear you talk about the, the ball handling piece of it, I, I realize how it's the least important thing you could do on a basketball court. Right. Right. It's the least important. It, while you need ball handlers in the court, if you can pass. If you can pass a ball up the court and beat a press without dribbling, it's so much more efficient. You're gonna you're gonna get a better shot than than you would if you're trying to weave through fifty people, right? Like it, it's really it's that's a really good point. I, that's a really good uh, point. I, I I like that. I like that mentality. And and, and and people and you know, I say that and then I have guys be like, yo, that's because you you can't handle the ball. Yeah, right. No, but I but I played Division two basketball and. I was, and not like I just was on the team. Like I played, I was a starter, right. you know, records, three-point records, all that. And I re- once I realized, like, yo, you need to stop dribbling and just pass it and move, get out the way, catch. And now when you catch it and you can shoot, it opens up your game. Catch, shot, fake, dribble. Now it looks like you can dribble. You get in there, you get an and one or whatever the case is, or you kick it out to somebody, whatever. So when I see kids working on, you know, the cone drills and all that, it's cool. I don't stop them no more. Before I get all agitated, and I was like, that's that's fine. You, you feel as though that's, you know, something that you need to get your game better, fine. But I know when I coached against teams in uh, in Nork, we're playing 2-3 zone. <laughs> I don't care what you say, we're playing 2-3. Well, why are you playing them zone? Cause you can't. You ain't gonna dribble through the zone. Oh. And one thing I learned about kids. One thing I learned about people that can't shoot. People that can't shoot think they can shoot. <laughs> so you let them shoot. <laughs> so you let them shoot. Oh my god. You think you, think, too- you think you can shoot? Okay. And and you guys know this. It will prove you right. <laughs> so I literally would say when we was at North 13th Street, I'd be like, we play week way today. I'm like, we playing two three. Why are we playing two three, coach? If you ask me that again, you ain't gonna play tonight. We playing two three. <laughs> so we'll win, we'll win the game. We'll win the game. Bring the film back, watch the film the next day. I'm like, why y'all think we play we uh we were playing twenty-three? Can't get a straight answer. Take us four games. We played Weekway, Shabazz, like Collegiate or something like that, winning all these games. I explained to them, I said, let me explain something to y'all. I said, what's the first thing we, what's the one thing that we work on every single day, beginning of practice, middle of practice, and the end of practice? Shooting. Yeah. You think those other guys are working on shooting? No. So why I'm gonna play the man to man? Cause I know all I know one of them can go by y'all anyway. Cause we don't play no defense anyway. So I'm not about to play man to man and have them prove me right. So we're gonna play zone. We're gonna play zone. And then I was, and I would tell them, we, they it got to the point where they were like, Coach, we going two three for this one. You already know twenty three. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> and then and so now you go twenty three. You go up by five. And it's eight minutes left. You're really up 15. Yeah. And th- and you in the 23? It's yeah. like, yo, you got to make some 30-foot bombs. And I would tell the kids, and the, and the kids will, it got to the point where the kids would be like, coach, I need them to make one so they think they're going to keep making it. All right. You know, so it's like fool's gold, man. So that's that's just 
my perspective on things, you know what I'm saying? Man defense, you know, I teach shell drill and all that stuff. I play man defense and all that stuff, but you got man defenses have to, you know, you got to get a kid from a young, from, from that, that kids that know that from the foundation, from the bottom. So you can do that in the game. It's a lot of talking. It's a lot of helping. It's a lot of movement. It's a lot of rotations. And a lot of these kids are not getting that at the, at the elementary level or the, the younger level. So when I get them, it's hard to teach that in a year or so before you know it, you lose 10 games. Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? So that's, that's just my perspective, man. I think the 2-3 zone is a weapon. And uh, the, the shooting is, is a big – I'll put it like this. When I have to play Caldwell, Cedar Grove, West Essex, I'm worried. Of course. Because I know they can shoot. They're going to shoot in the gym. No, no, no. They can shoot. They can pass. They can pass. Mm-hmm. They can pass. Yeah. And, and they don't miss free throws neither. No. They do everything. <laughs> They're not going to reach. They're going to do this when they hit a three. It's just no. go back, play D. No, get back in your zone because you know they about to play zone. You know they're That's not it. manning up against you. Right. They're playing zone. Right. So, you know, it's just a different era. I, I And I tell parents all the time, I coach a different style. I, I coach a different brand of basketball. I don't know if your kid can play for me because I want shooters. I want kids that can shoot. If you can shoot, you can play for me any day of the week. Any day of the week. You know, and I, I find it appalling that the game where you need to the game is based on shooting right it's all I, it's like your quarterback I, I i can only throw uh little screens i can't throw it down the field yo how are you a quarterback, quarterback <laughs> you're not a quarterback <laughs> you're not a quarterback like come on man you gotta be able to shoot That's you a fact. have to you have to you can talk about the passing um aspect of the game too and I think there's a lot of kids that get this mixed up right you talk about passing and you think when you think about passing a lot of these kids talk about getting the ball having an getting an assist getting an assist Mm -hmm. right or making the flashy pass whatever like that when you're talking about passing you're not talking about getting assists right I I want you to explain that and 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 by the way like this is for our boy Jordan me and him had had a little spirited discussion yesterday about passing um, he's over here telling me that RJ Barrett, Barrett is better than Tyler Hero. I'm getting on the, on the side note. Well, I'll put that in the group chat later. But explain, and I want this to be, I, I'm going to tell him to listen to this podcast, but explain why you can be a great passer and average like two assists a game. Tell right. him why, please. So there, there's many different aspects with the passing. So a guy like Jason Williams, you know, white chocolate, great passer. Like he, he can do that because he mastered the fundamentals of passing. So it's like second nature to him now to go behind the neck in a fast break. Like he, he knows how to, it's like in the back of his hand, you know how to do it. So what I'm talking about is like, if we're running our offense, all right, and you catch it, and let, 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 let me backtrack a little bit. Another thing that kids don't do is pass fake. If you pass fake a guy and jump the lane, now you get an easier pass. So what I what I, my biggest pet peeve is like, make sure you throw it to the outside hand. All right? Fake high, go low. 
All right. No cross court passes. All right. Little things like that. I'm not talking about driving, drawing two guys and kicking it. That's obvious. If you drive and two guys collapse on you, pass the ball. If you don't. All right? <laughs> you know what I mean? So just the fundamentals. And that all starts with little stuff. You start out of practice, two ball, two, uh, two passing, passing, going all the way down, coming back. It teaches you how to get the ball to the guy, bounce passes, overhead, things like that. You know, so at the, the younger level, it's really, really bad. You know, I see guys throwing one-hand passes. You know, it's just like, what are you doing, man? You know, and nobody gets mad when, you know, other than the coach, when they turn the ball over. I remember when I was when, – when I, when I played and was playing competitive and playing in college, if you had two turnovers, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> Two? Dude, I've had kids who, where sometimes I'll count it, I'll be like, and you're the primary ball handler? Yo, you had seven turnovers. Seven. It's a 25-game season. Yo, you're on pace for like 200. <laughs> Come on, man. You know, so there's so many things in the game, fellas, where it's not it's not taken serious. Like as a guard, you cannot turn the ball over. You just can't. You just can't turn the ball over. It's like a, it's like a sin. Cardinal sin. You know, it's like a cardinal sin. Like you, you had a turnover. I don't know, man. So the, the passing is a, uh, it's a big thing that's missing. And you know, the only way to to try to combat this and try to make it right is like just constant repetition constant repetition, things like that. Angles, where to go, where to get it in, things like that. You know. Oh, it's nuanced. I think that's, um, what you said right there is the fundamentals. That's, you can look at that in every sport, you can look at that in life. The fundamentals, your foundation will lead you into having success and continued success. Okay, you get to certain levels, mm-hmm. if you don't have fundamentals, it it is very glaring and obvious, and that's where you get some players like, yo, why? what happened to them? Why didn't they go to this next level? And you look at a lot of them, they didn't have the fundamentals. And that's, you know, the higher level you get, that's where you need it at because you can't do the flashiness. You can't do those things without having the fundamentals unless you're, the, you know, the one in a million just God-gifted athletic people that you can jump out the building but that's not everybody but again going back to the age of social media we want to watch the nba game and then just go out and think we could do it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean not- i i tell kids i don't mean to cut you off i tell you know younger guys all the time i tell chase i said watch you know princeton versus like george washington or something like that watch those games don't watch syracuse in north carolina those are the best athletes, all right? And only two of those guys will probably end up in the NBA. Watch, you know, watch watch Brown versus Holy Cross. Watch that. Watch how they pass, how they don't turn it over. Watch those games. Why am I watching that? Yeah. So now I got – that's an old another fight right there. <laughs> so. Well, you don't see himself. He don't see himself in, in the light of the Brown – 
um, the Brown players and the Holy Cross mm-hmm. players, right? He sees them. He sees North Carolina. He sees those guys, right. R.J. Davis. And, and that's fine for kids to have those aspirations and goals and dreams. That's good. That's not an issue. All right? It's, it's good to have all those aspirations. But at, at some point, you know what happens? The R word sets in. Reality. That's mm-hmm. it. I'll give you a quick story about uh, Wesley Dickinson. Wesley Dickinson played for me at Dwight Englewood. He's about six foot five, six six, and uh, had no right hand, had no left hand. Could wouldn't go left, can't go left, can't do nothing left. I'm like, whatever, Wes. So we had a conversation. We was like, look. If you can't go left, that's cool. But you better rebound, be a good teammate, and just play your your your, your tail off. And he did it. Wanted up at Dartmouth. Now, when he got to Dartmouth, he wasn't a starter. Played four years. You know, he played maybe 13 to 15 minutes a game, whatever. Great experience. But walks away with a Dartmouth degree. And he called us, he called me, Eli, obviously consulted with his parents. And he said, uh, he's from Bergenfield, New Jersey. Nice kid, great kid. He said, I played at Dartmouth. I got a chance to go overseas, but I don't know if I really want to do that, coach. And I'm, you know me, I'm like, I mean, you could go overseas. Which, so I'm like, Wes, what's the option? He's like, I can go overseas or I could take this job. So I'm like, what's the job? He's like, I'll be working for Bear Stearns in the city. And, uh, you know, I started at like 1.30. So I'm looking like, why are you even having this conversation with me? <laughs> like, right. why are you talking to me about, I'm like, go overseas and do what? What are you going to do? What are you trying to do? You trying to go to the NBA? He's like, no, nah. I'm like, done. He's like, coach, you know what? I knew it, but I just needed to hear from you and Eli, man. I'm done. Done. Doesn't play basketball anymore. He's 20. West is 25 now. I think he's moving up to like a VP or something like that. But it's like, that's the big picture, right? That's yep. the big picture, right? Yep. As a parent. Now, would his parents be proud if he was in the NBA? Of course. Right. Are they proud that he went to Dartmouth, has a Dartmouth degree, and is making a ton of money and is living a nice life? I think they're they're more satisfied with the second option. Right. You know, so and that's what I'm trying to get through to Chase. Like, look, you can use this for different things, man. This this doesn't have to be the end all be all. You know, if you're NBA, you're NBA. You know what I'm saying? And I think a guy a guy that you guys can should interview that can touch on this is Wellington, because he was right there. That's awesome. I, I, I was gonna talk he, to he he yep. was right there. You I'm gonna know talk I'm about saying? that. I'm gonna talk to my guy. You know, he was right there, and he played on the highest level, Big East championship and all that. Yeah, Good guy. He's one. You know, I, I'm going to just give, say this about Wellington real quick. One of the, the last good guys that's around. You're not going to find no more like him. That's it, man. My guys guy. like that, don't, they don't come around too often, man. That's my guy. Good so, guy. So we got to get him on the show, man. We got to get him on the show. Uh, we well, we going to talk to him. That's based on a couple of factors in the home. <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, no, we're going we to talk. If, I, I, I'll talk to Chelsea, but we got to get him on the show, man. Yeah, if Miss Smith is going to. You know, let that happen, which I doubt. I highly doubt it, but you can try. 
<laughs> you gonna, you gonna carve out an hour for me, man. You gonna carve out? He's gonna give me an hour. How? How? We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Six o'clock on a Monday. What you think he's doing? <laughs> With the kids. Not happening. With the kids. Not happening. You Not figure happening. it. Nah, that's my guy. We'll, he he we'll really fix. is. No, great might guy, bro. You might have to pay him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my bad. He doesn't need the money. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. What's this, 100? Get out of here. Yeah, you Get out of here, man. What you talking about, man? That guy, man. <laughs> last question we'll ask before we transition into the, the with the quickness segment. Okay. For you, what do you want to be said about you as a coach? When it's all said and done, they can say Dion Mingo as a coach was this. Let you perform to the best of your ability. Don't overcoach, you know, don't uh, interfere with, oh, let me run my offense. No, this is not about me. My time with me was when I played. That's it. This is about developing kids, teaching them life lessons, how to navigate the world. I don't have all the answers. I got some experience in life, whether it's with kids, relationships, basketball, whatever it is, I got some type of uh, experience in that, and I'm here to help. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, rich, poor. At the end of the day, you still need some type of advice to navigate through this world. I got it. You got it. You got it. You know what I mean? So when it's all said and done, it's like, I just let, I let my players play. You know, I coach hard. Feel demanding of, you know, especially if I see you got talent, it's, you know, 200% on you. You know, I will make the entire practice about you just breaking you down to see what's going to happen. You know, if you're going to fold, if you're mentally tough, if, you, if you're going to crack and start blaming your teammates, you blaming the guy that's not going to play college basketball and you're going to play college basketball? Okay. Good start. Let's go. So with that, that that's, that's how I approach things. That's how I approach – I learned to approach things, working with my mentors and stuff like that and, you know, just, you know, having a good – here to coach but this is your team you know this is not a lot of coaches today me personally I think they want to be in the mix too much you know about me and me it's not about you you know it's not about you so a lot of people have a hard time dealing with that you know but not me you know like Chase I, I do everything I mean, any any player I've ever had that you could they could tell you if you can shoot threes I'm telling you to shoot 15 threes a game if you don't get it off I got a problem I got a problem I'm like, yo, how you don't do this? You shoot. What's up? Oh, I wasn't open. You wasn't open. How, how you ain't open? He was on me. You open. Shoot it. So, Just little things like that. Like I said, uh, when it's all said and done, you know, let him play. Like Chase said, he, he calls me the, uh, what's the word on the, uh, on 2K? Simulation. He calls me the simulation coach. <laughs> I just let him go. Go. Just go, go, man. Score. That. Yeah, we have that in common. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> go. What do you got, 30? You need to get 40, man. Go, go. I, we have go. that in common, bro. We're going we to have one on the show. We're going to talk about that simulation, too. I promise you that. Because I, I, 
no, and and the X's and O's part, I got it. You know, I know how to navigate and this and all that stuff. But if you got just flat out talent and you got a guy and you could just go buy a guy, I'm not gonna, you know, hold you up and say, yo, let's do. It. No, just go buy him. You know what I'm saying? That's over coaching. It's right. it's way too right. common. Like this kid is a yo. I know when I see it, go get go go get a bucket. No, nah, nah, there's not. People always say. I, this is a term that's been used loosely. He's a bucket. No, he's not. Whoever it is, I tell kids, you're not a bucket. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about, but whatever. The only bucket I can attest to that I've seen with my own eyes was DeWan Wagner, when, and not the son, the father. I played against him my senior year in high school, and he was a sophomore, and he dropped 50 on us at halftime. And I was like, what just happened? At halftime. Wow. What just happened? It was so bad that they were like, you know, uh, the, our coach was like, yo, you, you can't play him second half because we're going to get nothing out of this, man. So he sat the second half. It was bad. Uh-oh. It was bad. Wow. So that's what I, you know, people like, oh, DeJuan Wagner. I'm like, look up the father too, man. He's pretty, he was great. Let me ask you real quick then, heading into our episode. So is that, is DJ Wagner your the best kid you see right now, like coming up? Me personally, I think he's one of the the. I think he might be the best player in New Jersey. Why? Can pass, can shoot. Not too flat. He's just the way he plays is the same way his father plays. The it, it's like a carbon copy. I'm like, this is crazy. Wow. This is crazy. Little all those little step in. You notice he's never like dunking and oh. going crazy. Layup, short pull up jump shot. Fundamentally sound. Fundamentally sound, man. That kid has a chance to be a pro basketball player. Yep. He has a chance to be a pro basketball player. Me personally, I think he's he's the the, the next guy. I'd have to agree with that. The way his game is and how smooth he gets to. Yep. And efficient. He's, and he's so efficient with his movements. Yeah. It's not a lot of extra movements. It's not oh, seventeen. That's just how the father moves. played. Exactly. And and if anybody has have the right to say I'm a bucket, it's him. And he don't <laughs> say it. <laughs> it's him. It? He has all the right in the world to say, man, I am a bucket. When it's all said and done, that kid is going to score two thousand points. Easy, easy. He's going to score two thousand points. At Camden, he's going to stay at Camden. Gives two thousand. Go to wherever he's, he's going to go. Not, they, they would never leave. That's that's home. Camden yeah. is the that's. Now, people think about it. That's three generations of basketball. Wow. Milt Wagner, the father, uh, Dewan, and now Dewan Jr. Kid special. But but you never hear nothing about him, though. No. You never hear nobody because he's not flashy. Yeah. low key, and he get it done. He has the right people in his corner. He don't sell the, it, the tapes. Don't go crazy on Instagram Mm-mm. or Slam and all Mm-mm. that. No, he's a – but he is a problem. Yes, yes. Like he, he's a bucket. Is he your That's best? Is right your best young player in the country? Best young. Me personally, I when I watch, I'm looking like ten seconds left. Is he gonna get it and start wilding out and dribbling? No, probably not. He's gonna catch it, hold, wait, wait. He's gonna get something good too. He's gonna get something good. Yeah. That's just me. Mm. Now, are they guys more talented than him? Probably. Probably. Yeah, I'd say so. More athletic? Yeah. But not better. I, I see what athletic gets you with, with 10 seconds left. 
<laughs> Offensive foul. Because <laughs> what they try to do? They're going straight to God. Yep, they trying to get a they trying to get a highlight play, trying to dunk. Gotta jump over him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Man. Mm-hmm. Right, That's the thing you No, I'm gonna cut you off, Tom. Go ahead, bro. No, I was just gonna say what you mentioned right there is a mature player. That's right. what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And I wanna and, ask at, at such as a at such a young age too. I think he's only a sophomore. That's wild. That's that that's wild. Like, that's the thing to me. So I, I wanted to ask you too, because I know that the third pick in this year's NBA draft was a hot topic of discussion. And me and you are in agreement on how much we like him, Melo Ball. Why do you think he's going to be really good in the NBA? Like, why do you like him so much? Well, it, it go back to the, the passing. He can pass the ball. Him and his brother can pass the ball, but he passes the ball better than his brother, than Lonzo Ball. He can score, too. He can score. But he realizes that I'm so big and I can see over the defense I can get the ball anywhere I want to get it. You know, I just think he's a uh, he's he's a really good uh, like dictate the game. He he can dictate the game what he wants to do. You know, and obviously, obviously the talent is there. And he, you know, remember people used to say, "Oh, he has a funny shot. He can shoot. He can shoot, and he's athletic." But he's a he's a good player. Me personally, if I could have did it, I'd have took him. If if the if he was there when the Warriors pick, I'd have picked him. I'd have picked him. No, so, because that, that would be me. I, I'm like, you know what? That's going to set me up if Curry decides. Maybe, maybe he just, you know, he just, he starts to water down. Now I got this guy coming right in. Wiseman is a good pick. I think it's a good pick. But if you could get a kid like Ball, no brainer. I mean, Charlie got to, you know, hopefully Mike, go. hopefully Mike doesn't screw this up, man. You never know him, you know? Well, you know, you know, Mike. <laughs> He's probably going to tell him, like, come on, man. You're not Mike, bro. Get out of here. He's going to say something crazy. Yep. Love Mike. By the way, Mike is my favorite guy of all time. Can nobody tell me anything different? Michael Jordan. In case Jordan, you wanted to ask him. In case you wanted to ask him who the biggest basketball player of all time, he's just going to tell you Michael Jordan. Love Mike. Love Mike. Transition to with the quickness segment. We're going to shoot about five questions at you, whatever comes okay. to your mind. And it's your own personal opinion. We're going to ask you some questions that people had. This is your personal opinion. Got you. Who do you think wins the NBA championship next year? Uh, this got to be quick. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll go with the Warriors. Ooh, okay. He's lucky. He's lucky okay. this is with the, with the quickest segment. Go ahead. <laughs> Rookie of the now year. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> we got LaMelo. Rookie of the year this year. Are you picking LaMelo? Yes, sir. You got the next one, Greg. All right. So then who's the number one pick in this year's upcoming draft based off what you've seen so far in college basketball? I have no idea what's going on right now. <laughs> I don't even know. If, I don't know who's who. I'm saying, I don't know. I don't know. Two words, Cade Cunningham, bro. Look him up, bro. I think you'll like him. That's the Oklahoma kid. He's nice. Yes. He can do everything. He can pass. Shoot. He's your guy. He's not flashy. He's not flashy. I promise. He just gets, to, he gets right to it. I promise you, bro. You'll like him a lot. Who, who else is out there? Jalen Green. Um, 
Uh, you know, you see <laughs> now he's flashing. Yeah, that, that's Jalen Green. Jalen Green, you got who else is a, a highly top Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga, kid that's making some noise. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on. I, I, I know Suggs. I know the kid Suggs. That's How a Gonzaga feel? guard, light skin guard. There you go. Should be the number one pick. Should be you ain't, see, you ain't seen Cade. I don't need to see. I don't need to see Kate cut. No, you need what to that, see. Oh, what what that guy what what that guy is doing as a freshman on that. First of all, He's when crazy. y'all get a chance, watch Gonzaga play. Oh, amazing! Just Good watch guy. him play. Just watch I, him play. I was hoping I was. We were going to talk about that. Tom, the Baylor the game. Next, the the Baylor game. That yeah, dude, that game got canceled, right? It got pushed. Yeah. That it'll happen. Baylor plays great defense. Me, I would take Cunningham. Is the Pick. Oh, yeah. He's Give me tough. Suggs. Give me Suggs. I, I like Suggs. I, I like Suggs. Suggs. By the way, I'll be honest. I was sleeping on Suggs. I didn't know he was like that. Why? I, because, yo, I, mean, I thought he was a typical, like, he's a two-sport athlete, the fancy, oh, I got jump over you and all this. He's all over slam. So I'm like, all right, like, I know this already. He's Mikey Williams. Always oh, Mikey Williams. Okay, I see what it is. I see what it is. I no, was he's no, he's no. He's way he's, better. He's, he's way, I was wrong. Please, please don't mention Mikey Williams in my presence. <laughs> I knew he's gonna do that. Please, Mikey Williams is everything you don't like about basketball. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. I knew it. Unbelievable. I don't even like, have to hear, hear him explain it, but just talk to him. I keep Mikey Williams and everything he said in his interview is not. Nah, he would not play for me. He's no not playing for Dion. He's not. He I'm can't. Good. I'm good. You even watch would, a full I would, game? I would have. A, I would have a conversation. I'll say, look, this is what I need you to do. <laughs> do you think you can do that? Probably not. Probably not. Okay, so there we go. That's the end of that. Who's ever told him no before in the basketball world? And and you know that's he reminds me of uh, OJ Mayo. That's who he reminds me of. Now OJ OJ Mayo killed high school basketball. Mm-hmm. Never heard the word no. Just kept doing whatever he wanted to do. And now you out there. You, know, you know the story. You know the story yeah. from here. Yeah. Was it two PED suspensions later? Yeah. Now he's, now yeah. he's done? I believe. Or the PED or was it marijuana? I can't even remember. Mar- I think it was marijuana. I think it was weed. I think it might have been both. Yeah. It was but... both. It was both. Okay. Sheesh. So that's question two. What we got now? Four. Two more and we get we're gonna get you out of here. Okay. Somebody that's from Jersey, well known in Jersey. Who's on your your Mount Rushmore of Jersey basketball players? Good one. Uh, Brevin Knight. Brevin Knight. Brevin Knight doesn't get enough credit for. That's my cut thing. <laughs> Do Greg even know who that is? Brevin Knight, you went to Seton Hall. Come on, bro. No. No, he did. But where did he play college, though? Brevin Knight, where else? Stanford. Stanford, fam. Stanford. Yes, I was never, yo, I, swear, I was never going to. All time assist leader. I was never going to get Stanford. I promise you, I was never going to get Stanford. Just to go back, uh, Brev. I saw Brev play. So when, when I was living in East Orange, they would take us to, PPY would take us to Seton Hall prep games. And I'm like, yo, why are we going to this game? They're like, well, you got a couple kids to meet stars is playing. So Brev at night was playing. And I was like, yo, this little dark skinned dude, like, yo, he's all small. <laughs> Bruh, you know, you know, like when you inbound the ball, like underneath, like if you end up, like if, like this, the basket, and I'm inbounding it, and there's that first foul line, the guard couldn't get the ball 
past that foul line from the opposing team because he was so quick on the quickest hands I've ever seen. I'm like, yo, wow. still, 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 still. They couldn't get the ball up. Wow. Doesn't get enough credit. I just think, you know, people, they forget about him a lot. You know, it's like that guy is a staple for New Jersey basketball, like multiple championships, great college career, great and 12-year vet in the league. That's what I'm saying. Okay, that's, I remember that. The league, the league is what I remember. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All-time assist leader at Stanford. I used to watch those games, him and Arthur Lee. Arthur Lee was his, uh, was the two guard. He was the point guard. Great. So, Brevin Knight, that would be my answer. I know you wasn't expecting that, Greg. You probably expecting me to say, uh, I don't know who, uh, Mikey Williams or something? But you know, he's at Jersey, first of all. I, I know. <laughs> yeah, I, first, I, I, you, I don't think you'll say Kyrie. Kyrie was going to be here top five? Uh, uh, top five, yeah, yeah. Oh, you said top five? He or said just... he uh, – Mount Rushmore got four four heads. He got four, four heads. heads on the Mount Rushmore. I'll go with Brown. I'll go with Al Harrington. Uh, Al dominated when he, you know, when he played. Um, Tim Thomas. Tim Thomas is nice. You yeah. know, I, when, when I was a freshman in high school, we played Patterson Catholic. I, could, I, I, I was like, there's no way he in high school looked like a grown man. You know, it was crazy. I don't know why we were playing him anyway. <laughs> um, so I said Tim, Al, Brev, DeJuan Wagner. DeJuan Wagner got to be up there, all-time leading scorer in the state. That's four. And um, No. That, you can't mess with that four. That's four. You, you can't, uh, I can't even say anything about that four. Kelly can't Trapeuk, argue with that four. He's a little bit older, older guy. But, I, you know, he's one of the best that they – they said that I ever do it, ever did it, you know, in the state of New Jersey. That's crazy, bro. Like it's. So I mean, Ky- Kyrie is, you know, you got to look at. He only played two years at St. Pat. He was MK before that, right? Yeah, MK, but it wasn't, you know, like it wasn't like it wasn't, you know, a grand wasn't stage. Yeah, it wasn't that know. stage. So Brev, Trapuca, Wagner, Harrington, and um, who was the last guy I said? Tim Thomas. Can't that's fight just, that. That's me. Can't, can't fight that. And I'm actually, I'm actually in the works trying to get him on. He's such a busy guy working with uh, the Grizzlies now as a commentator. Oh, yeah. So he's a I'm, commentator too. Yeah. Yeah, he's a commentator for the Grizzlies. So I'm, I'm trying to get him on, but that's a busy guy to get a hold of. Last another question. Guy that, another guy we, that doesn't, another guy that doesn't get enough credit for the, uh, for, you know, he wasn't as good as Bre- as his brother, but Brandon. Brandon Knight. Yeah. Brandon Knight, like, Brandon Knight, like, Brandon Knight, like. <laughs> Not Brandon Knight from the Pistons, man. <laughs> hey, yo, Tone, what's up? His man? brother. His brother. He went to Pitt. Went to Pitt. His jersey's in, is, is retired at Pitt. I was about to say, Brandon, they got dunked on by DeAndre all crazy? Oh, no, 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 <laughs> no. No. Got to touch upon your history, G. I really do have to my New Jersey history, bro. Yeah, so so I'm Brandon, Knight, my age. Brandon, Brandon, Knight, Brandon, and Brandon are brothers. You know, Brandon is younger. Mm. You know, Brandon played at Pitt, biggest play of the year. He was a dog, dog. Jersey retired. He's assistant coach at Rucker. You know, back in the day when you know we were coming up, you know, go to skating ring, see Brandon. You know, he's just you know because everybody lived in East Orange. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's tough. Shout out to the Knight family here. Shout out yeah. to the Knights. 
Last question. Five people, dead or alive, you want to have a meal with? Woo! Kanye West. Uh, mm. Kobe Bryant. Uh-huh. Tupac Shakur. Um, Malcolm X. It's a good list. David Dinkins. Uh, you, wow. you don't know David is? No, but that's the mayor, no? Yeah, no he was the mayor. Mayor of New York, yeah. Yeah. No, man, come on now. <laughs> that's, that's Tone. Tone was about to go, come on, man. I'm about to say, you got to get new hoes, bro. <laughs> no, nah, bro, I'll be aging hey, myself, but chill. Like, it's, David Dinkin just died. Yes, he he just, and, and, and I remember when he I became the mayor. Huh? I had to double check with Greg, make sure you, your yeah. face was stuck. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's funny, bro. Hey, um, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule. Um, this is another episode, another installment of the Benchmark Podcast. We're on all streaming platforms. Um, make sure that you check out his podcast. Check him out. Check him out on IG. Uh, check him out when the season starts. Check out some games if they're able to have fans. Definitely, but much, much uh, wishes going further. Um, everything you mentioned, I think. It's safe to say you're on the way to being the coach you want to be when it's all said and done. So, yes, sir. Continue yes, sir. being great. Continue doing everything that you're doing. Appreciate you for taking time. For sure, appreciate it, Greg. I thank you, Tone. I thank you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, happy that you guys are doing this. I know you're gonna have people out there saying, "What are they doing?" That just means keep doing it more. You know. You know, if 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 they if if they not you know hating on you, they ain't checking. So just keep doing it, pushing out those episodes, pumping them out. Remember, the days you don't feel like doing it, those are days you got to do it. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's how I got myself. Just kept doing it, 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 and it's it's fun. You know, you get to talk, you get to you know come you know talk to people about different topics and things like that. So I'm just happy that y'all were even you know remotely interested in having me on you know i'm just happy man hey man you know, this, this is a good of guest course. come on yeah. man. that's high quality i don't i don't, exactly. I don't like a... i don't like doing shout outs on my podcast i tell people don't no shout outs here you know so i don't like shouting out people but i like i want to say you know thanks to you know the all you know all the people that support me whether it's with the shirt the hoodies you know, shoot or shoot, shoot. you know, the, the kids that I train, the parents, you know, everybody, the support is needed. You know, I don't believe in fans, you know, fan, fans come and go. It's all about supporters. They stay with you. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and I just hope you have uh, a before season. We close out, before we close out, let people know where they can support to get some of the gear. Yeah, so you can go to uh, my my Instagram page, Dion underscore DM81. And the link is right there for Shooter Shoot, for the, the store. You know, I don't post a lot just 
to be posted is all you know related to the business or whatever the case is. We just became an LLC shooter shoot, so everything is in motion right now, and um, we just keep going. That's it. That's it. Just keep going. And remember, if you can shoot, you can play. If you can't shoot, you're not playing. That's a big fact. That's a big fact. Right, with that being said, I think we got the name of this episode. Exactly. Yeah. That's the that's the name. That's the title. Episode. That's the title episode. Right it's done. It's a wrap. Appreciate y'all, man. Y'all know the vibes. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Bench Mob, we out. Peace. Peace. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, man, I was...